This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. You're still sorting out a lot of these details, but um, we just wanted to start by having an open forum and discussing all the announcements that were made and all the the different things that were written on Friday. Yeah, and uh, to Brad and Dave, thank you. They both did a lot for both of us. Uh, I made the transition from the Star Tribune uh, to the station in 2011, and Brad Lent helped me a ton. So thank you to him, uh, to Dave, who I spent a long time with, and of course pointed out on Twitter that he is now part of the Judd Zolgad Club of getting guys fired. <laughs> yes. Which I had to take no responsibility for. How am I still standing? I don't know. but uh, Watch my back. To both those guys, thank you. I think it's very important, though, because uh, the Star Tribune headline on Saturday was, I thought, a bit misleading in this sense. Patrick and Joe are not out. Like, Patrick's still going to do stuff here. And Joe, as you just said, is going to a podcast. So I know it was a confusing day. I know that there were a lot of, of things that happened. I know a lot of good people did lose their jobs. So I'm not trying to negate or downplay that. Uh, but it's very important to to reiterate again that Joe Suchere will have a podcast here on a daily basis. His show won't be on the station, but he was not fired and is not coming back. Yes, I think, so. and I think, and just before we get into sort of the nuts and bolts about why decisions like this are made, and I and I'd like to pull back the curtain on that a little bit too. I echo everything you said about Brad Lane and Dave Harrigan. Uh, Brad, let's start with Brad, Program Director Brad. Um, he, I haven't had a boss for nearly as long as I've had uh, with Brad Lane, and so he's been a mentor. He's been he's been a boss. He's been a mentor. He's been a friend for going on nine years now. 1500 ESPN was like a third child or a third kid to him. He worked harder. I think it's safe to say he worked harder and longer and spent more of his mental bandwidth on our show specifically, Mackie and Judd, over the past five years than any show on 1500 ESPN. I mean, he was he looked at us as the 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 the, the moldable show that we could launch into the future, and unfortunately. And I, and I think I'm I'm safe in saying this. The decisions that were made on Friday, as they pertain to the, the radio signal, AM 1500, had very little, if anything, to do with the quality of the content of the shows. Very little to do with the actual people. Had a lot more to do with the way people consume content and the way that AM radio stacks up now compared to maybe five or ten years ago. Um. You, if most of your eggs are in the AM radio basket in 2018, it's really, really hard to thrive from a business perspective. Mm-hmm. And so I think I think 1500 ESPN, and I'm, I'm biased and you're biased. We sit here in this room and we have fun. I know there's a lot of people who hate our show. Hopefully there's a lot of people who love our show. That's okay. Um, I think a lot of people in this building feel like this is the strongest the radio lineup has been in years on 1500 with mm-hmm. the passion and the energy and the figures that we have in the afternoon. And unfortunately, it coincided during a time period where there's a million ways to consume content, and we still had a lot of resources tied up in the AM radio side of things. And so, and to be clear, though, the the platform uh, that, that this is going to become will have more sports, not less. Mm-hmm. So, if you're a sports fan, because going back to 
Friday, I think there was a perception that, that we, we were going to country and western or we were switching to <laughs> religious format. This is going to be more sports. So if you're a sports fan, this is going to serve you more, not less. Yes, and there's and there will be more announcements in the future. There's going to be there's more planning behind the scenes here, and we hope to be able to bring more things to the air at some point. On Dave Harrigan here, Dave was I know Dave sent out uh, a tweet thanking us for letting him be part of the, but Dave was as much a, a part of the fabric of this show for almost five years as either one of us. Uh, Dave's been part of this radio station for almost a decade. Many of the bits and songs by the U-Log and the things, the funny things that you hear on this radio show or the things that we think are funny or we're supposed to be funny and bombed, but whatever, and we laugh at ourselves. Dave did them all. Dave a was, lot of them. Yeah, Dave was the main mastermind yep. behind a lot of that stuff. His personality, his fingerprints have been all over the show for almost five years. His humor, his sarcasm, his writing, and his endearing, salty Eeyore personality. His ripping of me, you mean? His constant ripping of you. Um, all of those things we have valued for five years, and we appreciate all the work he put in and the fun that we've had for the last half decade here. Dave was, uh, or is, I should say, he's not dead, an incredibly career. Can we confirm? Is he still alive? I just saw a tweet. He was going for a run <laughs> with the baby girl and the dog, so he's just fine. Okay. But uh, incredibly creative and brought a ton. And as I said, the, the great thing about Dave is, is that we – Often, both of us thought in terms of sports. How can we do sports? How can we do sports? And Dave would Dave would take our ideas and be like, well, just tweak it here, and it's going to be a lot more fun. And he did a very good job of that. Yeah, and so I, just back to the – because I think a lot of people are sitting here wondering, well, why – when you have names like Joe Suchere and Patrick Royce and – I guess we're the innings eaters of 1500 ESPN for, for four, four hours a day. Four hours long. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like our show is going to be like Family Guy where people people realize a few years later, you know what, that wasn't as bad, wasn't so bad. We, we, we're, what happened to that? What, My arm's to that sore. Thing? That's all I know. <laughs> but I need Tommy John. I think, like I said earlier, the crossroads that 1500 ESPN came to is that content consumption has changed so much. Even since I started working here in 2010, you jumped on board in 2011. Um, the, the decisions that were made had a lot more to do with distribution and the way that you sort of set up a content or a media company. And so, again, it's not that all of these people that you saw the announcement about on Friday are going away. It's not like Joe Suchere is never going to create content again. Yeah. He's going to have a podcast. You can still find it. Absolutely. We'll help you find it. Patrick Royce is not just going to go away and be voiceless. Patrick Royce will have a voice, and I'm, I'm hoping that it's still with Hubbard and or whatever this is going to be. You and I are, are still going to have voices. What does it look like or, or sound Good or like? Good bad right there. Right, right. What does it look or sound like on the AM15 dial? Still to be determined. Intriguing. That's about the best way that. I, I like but there the are, and, and, not, and I'm not even like trying to be a tease. I'm saying like yeah. it's literally still to be determined. And l- let's just go back to Pat for a second too, because and I, I talked about this with a, with Collar on the Saturday show. We would be doing a disservice if we didn't talk about him a little bit more. We're talking about the outward view of Patrick Royce is this crusty, negative, curmudgeon, unbelievable Twitter troll. He's he's fabulous. I don't know how, but he is. Uh, and those things all might be true, but Patrick Royce, make no mistake, is one of the most giving, caring, nicest people you will ever meet. And in this business, newspaper or on the, this side of the fence, I can't tell you how rare it is to find a person who is as successful as Patrick has been. Yeah. I, I mean, I hate to say this, but I will. 
if Sid is the still perceived as the predominant <laughs> sports guy in this town, like if you ask newspaper reporter Sid Hartman, your next guy is Patrick. And Patrick's ego long ago could have told him, or he, he could have said, uh, Phil Mackey or Judd, get out of my way, kid. I don't care. And at every turn, he helped us. He's helped people. He's as kind and as nice. And, and I know he does not like to reveal that portion of him. Yeah. But it's absolutely true. And I, I would feel that we're doing him a disservice if we didn't bring that up. Yeah, I, I agree. There's so many stories. I mean, just this is how unselfish and I don't know what the other word would be, I guess, how giving he can be behind the scenes. So my career, whatever whatever it is right now, I'm sitting here eight and a half years into uh, a daily radio show career. I was brought on to be sort of a part-time cover the twins as a writer, as a beat writer for 1500ESPN.com and be one of three voices on a Roycey afternoon show. It was me, Corey Roofs, and Patrick Roycey. And I was going to be, and I was going to be kind of the, the second voice, the punk to the curmudgeon, but that had, but that whole branding thing did not exist when I started. It was three weeks. And, uh, and, and Pat made the decision. He said, we got to get some younger guys in here. And, uh, you know, I think, uh, you and I can do some good stuff together. So we start off and it's Patrick Roycey's show. And then I'm just this random voice that nobody really knows. Three weeks go by and we get called into, I believe it was Ginny Morris's office at the time here, uh, Dan Seaman, so chairwoman of Hubbard Broadcasting, general manager, Brad Lane at the time, program director, and um, and then those of us on the show. My God, is it that bad after three weeks? We have a come-to-Jesus meeting about this show. And yep. and Pat says, I just thought uh, things are going pretty well, and we should we should elevate your name. We should, we should call it the uh, you know, Roycey and Mackey show. So he went to them. For some random punk 24-year-old kid, what, a year and a half or two years out of college. We barely knew at the time. Barely knew at the time. Yeah. Had been working with for a few weeks and That's said, him. like, let's, I want to elevate, I want to elevate and make this person an equal to me on the radio. And so, yeah, he's not dead. He is still alive and he will still no, but I'm just saying generate he, content. He, he deserves his due because yeah. because the perception that he likes to, to put out there, which is the professional perception, is not truly who this man is. Yeah. Let's uh, our guy Twins Anonymous is on on the line here. Let's take at least a call here. Twins Anonymous, what's going on, man? Hey, gents, uh, tough couple of days, obviously, but uh, just want to call in and say thanks for the show. Uh, thank you for the many hours of entertainment and the many interactions over the years. And uh, I want to echo the sentiments about Mr. Harrigan. I think your guys' show really took off with him. And the chemistry that you guys had was palpable, and uh, we were all better for it. So I uh, just want to say thanks for everything, and uh, I'll be tracking you guys and uh, Mr. Harrigan down and looking forward to the next adventures. Well, right on, man. Don't stalk us, though. That's the <laughs> Just don't stalk us. I mean, don't track us down, really. If you want to listen to us, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. I mean, you can certainly DM me or something. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's... No, we're getting we're getting some tweets. We're we're following your feedback here, and, and we can keep phone lines open. One thing that you're going to notice here, so our show will will absolutely stay on in its normal time slot for sure until September seventh. And you and I, in case you're just joining us, we're just going over all the announcements that were made about 1500 ESPN on Friday. You and I will remain part of the future of Hubbard Broadcasting, the future of AM 1500, and we're hoping at some point here in the near future to be able to announce. More cool things, mm -hmm. digital things, mm -hmm. but those plans are still being formed behind the scenes. As part of all of this, I'm not going to be able to do four hours a day. They've, they're going to have me in different 
Four meetings and planning hours. and things. It's a long time. I'm hoping to join as much as possible from like 9 to 10, 9 to 11 for an hour, two hours a day. So like Matthew Collar is going to be hanging out today talking about the Vikings dominant win over the Broncos. And I'm still here, baby, for four hours a day. <laughs> I still get my I still get my platform, at least for now. Yeah. So you're going to get plenty of Judd, but I don't know. <laughs> people, you any, like, people are like, oh, that's great. That's do you have anything? Oh, Lindsay Whalen, by the way, two things. She just announced through the Star Tribune her retirement. Yes, big Which is news. huge news, and she will join the show at 10 o'clock to discuss this. Okay. So just an FYI. Yep. Um, Courtney Cronin's going to come in here. I feel like we're a little scatterbrained here. Just we wanted to be transparent, and Listen, we wanted to open open up the curtain. Anything else? No, I was going to say, if there's any questions, though, tweet us now, and, and we, we will do our best to respond. I just... I felt like on Friday I started to get, I can't tell you how many tweets and DMs and notes I got saying, I'm really sorry to hear you've been fired. And and I think the most important thing, as I said, especially because we, we try and communicate for for our our show, uh, is to be as transparent as possible. Yeah. And I think that does it. Uh, but, you know, Such is going to have a podcast. Such, we're still going to see Such. Uh, Patrick is still going to be part of us. I think and hope and am pretty sure of. Mm-hmm. And and th- the fact that their shows are going to go through the 7th of September is going to allow them a platform to say goodbye as well. And you know what? Here's, so. here's the funny thing about the way people consume content these days. If you've been consuming Garage Logic and or us and or Patrick Royce via your smartphone on demand, like there's a good chance that... Oh, it's not going to feel different. Like, things aren't going to feel a whole lot different in some regards. In some regards, right, right. No, I think there's there's a lot of people now who podcast shows go, going home, and it just happens that those shows were on this station. Yeah, and now you're going to podcast the show, and it's going to have been a podcast. There's actually no difference. Yeah, I mean there there is a difference. Well, but there's but, I but if you're a yeah. listener, it's very very small. Yeah. So all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna say goodbye for right. now, and I'll I'll catch you guys tomorrow. Matthew Collar is gonna come in and uh, talk about some footbally things. Courtney Cronin is gonna come in here. Let's first talk about TCL TVs. We love watching sports on our 55 inch 4K Roku TV. Uh, if you had a chance over the weekend to watch, I don't know, even though Judd's a hater, Tiger Woods no. sticking his teeth into Belarive. No better experience than golf for my sports viewing money on a TCL 4K Roku TV with 4,000 built-in streaming channels, 450,000-plus movies, TV show episodes. And they make it really easy with a menu where you can toggle back and forth between your cable or satellite channels, whatever it is that you subscribe to, and then on the next page, so to speak, uh, you would have access to all those streaming channels, whether it's league-owned networks like MLB, NHL, Platforms like YouTube or Roku, or if you're a wrestling geek like me, maybe WWE Network, I highly recommend you stop into any major local retailer in the Twin Cities and stare at a TCL TV for yourself. Find out why TCL is America's fastest growing TV brand. All right, let's talk about Luther Brookdale Toyota here for a second, too. 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard. And my family and I have been going to the same place for 30-plus years, and there's a reason. I, I, I've told you guys a million times, I drive around the Twin Cities. I'm not oblivious. I see all the different service departments and car dealerships. They're all over the place. Like pretty much every exit in the major metro area has uh, any number of which to choose from. I've never even thought twice about deviating from 694 Brooklyn Boulevard and Luther Brookdale Toyota. It's the people. It's the expertise. It's also, I would say, the durability of Toyotas themselves. So you put all this stuff together and you get peace of mind. You don't want to have it in the back of your head that, you know, there's something about, I don't know, there might be something with my car. I don't have a trustworthy relationship 
with the service department that I go to, end all of that angst by taking my advice. Stop in on your drive home today. There's all kinds of great 2018 models, and they're trying to get rid of 2018s to make room for 2019s, which means great deals for you. Luther Brook did. Mackie and Judd, as was just explained, Phil uh, ducking out for the rest of today's show. Matthew Collar joining me. Courtney Cronin, ESPN.com, covers the Vikings, also joining. We're going to talk a lot of Vikings, but let's uh, get back to the news of the day that just broke via the Star Tribune. In the last uh, 20 minutes or so, Lindsey Whalen, one of, if not, well, I should say one of the best-known basketball players from this state, has announced that she's going to retire from the WNBA after this season. Uh, according to Star Tribune's story, there will be a news conference at 1.30 at Mayo Clinic Square that will be simulcast on Fox Sports North and on NBA TV. Programming note, Waylon is going to make her regular appearance on this show today at 10 a.m. So we'll get a chance to talk to her about this decision. I can't say it's a huge surprise, but it is big news nonetheless. Welcome, Courtney. Matthew, you are our WNBA expert. Your your thoughts on one of the most popular basketball players in the history of this state deciding that it's time. So I just feel great myself as a women's basketball fan when I lived in Buffalo, which I was out on an island there, to have come here and found a place where women's sports was viewed completely differently from Buffalo, New York. And I think a lot of places in the country look at the WNBA as a non-factor and do not support women's sports in any way, shape, or form like they do here in the Twin Cities. And I do not think it's an overstatement to point to Lindsey Whalen as the biggest reason why that is. Why young girls want to play sports. That if you are 25 right now, if you're a 25-year-old woman, you might have grown up thinking that being a competitive badass was the way to go because you watched Lindsey Whalen do it for the Minnesota Lynx and you watched Lindsey Whalen do it for the Minnesota Gophers. That was I, a huge one too. You're exactly right on that. I think that, that was enormous. And not only that, not just for, for women either, uh, but for everyone in the way that we view women athletes, I think she shapes that for us in Minnesota as great competitors and that deserve the same type of respect that you give male athletes. I think you can point to her as a major factor in how we view women athletes here in Minnesota, and that is just not to be understated. Yep, she's a four-time champion. She's a four-time gold medalist. She took them to the Final Four. I mean, her accomplishments <laughs> which are is outrageous. Inc- which is incredible, by these, the way. These accomplishments, I was just I looking at, yes. her, at her wiki, and I knew most of this, but it's just like this is an outrageous, one of the greatest winners Ever yes. in the history of sports. Yep. Yep. She and is, she is, I, I would say she's women's basketball messier. Yeah. Yeah. Like she just, everywhere she went, she won. And so for me to be able to come here last year and see what she did in the playoffs and to win that championship, and she was spectacular in the clinching game, it was an honor to, to see her. Even though I didn't get to see her entire career up close, I've been watching her for a long time, but to be able to come here and see that I feel great that I came in at that time to catch some of Lindsey Whalen's career. Your thoughts, Courtney? I think it's cool. I think now that, you know, it was the unprecedented move that she was going to continue, co- you know, continue playing and coaching, you know, 
I think the weight of that gets to people eventually. This is a time for basketball recruiting where it really takes off when the summer AAU circuit. So, I mean, I don't know how you balance that. I, I've, I felt like that was just more to put on anyone's shoulders than anything. And I was surprised that she was going to even play this season yeah. once you hear about her taking the job. So, you know, having having not followed it nearly as closely as some people at the person sitting to my left right here. Um, He's there all the time. He, he is there every game. I give him a lot of credit. Yep. I went once with him. Who do we see? You lasted one half and then got a headache. Had to go I home. had a migraine. I had to go home. Oh, that but, hurts. Yeah. That's not good. It's, um, you know, congr- everything that Matt said just seems to resonate, I think, through this culture here where, you know, the links are a staple in this state. And I mean, she's every bit a part of that and will always be remembered for that in their history. And, you know, I'm excited for her next chapter to see what she can do with the Gophers women's basketball program and, you know, to, to, to be able to take over a team at 36 years old and head coach is imp- that's impressive. Yeah. And uh, being able to watch the the way in which she played too. I I mean, and, and to take on this challenge, it, it's just so Lindsay Whalen to take on this challenge, right? Mm-hmm. To be like, I can do anything that she is one of the most competitive people that I have ever witnessed. And to take on this, trying to coach, and trying to play in the WNBA, it's clear throughout this year that that weighed on her, and, and she said that on with us. That's got to be that's got to be an incredible thing to try and do now, right? Because Staley did it back in the day, correct? Because it didn't didn't she try and, and coach and play and actually did, did it for a yeah. prolonged period? Yeah. But I got but I've got to think back then the league was probably good, but not this good. Oh yeah. So, yeah, so yeah. like the comp- yeah. the competitive nature of trying to play in a professional league that's now pretty damn good and coach w- would be a lot more th- than it was let's say five to ten years back. The league now is nuts. I mean, it's so incredibly talented. And even when we asked Lindsay about that a few weeks ago, she kind of got a little Courtney bit like this. She got a little bit competitive because she was like, "Well, what have they won? These, these rookies <laughs> haven't won anything." And that's why she was awesome. And that's why she's the that's why she's the best though. And that's why she's been able to have the career that she has is because she has the burning fire of competitiveness that just wows you. And I think that any of us who are just walking around cannot relate to that level of competitiveness. And that's why I think she resonates here that she's our type. I mean, she's from Minnesota, so that makes it even better, but also she's the type that I think Minnesota sports fans really gravitate to Mm -hmm. and so as she goes down the final stretch here it's going to be fun to hear from her teammates and from everyone who's played against her the different stories about how just insane of a competitor she is so do we know when she's actually what her last game is has that been announced yet because i know that they have their is it the regular season finale is this this weekend so i I just read the story and it sounds like she's just going to play out the rest of the season and and this has been tough too because it wasn't a situation with this team where they could just say, like, okay, we're going to kind of move you to a certain sort of role. They needed a lot from her, and I think that that was really tough. And every team started attacking her, knowing that she's dealing with these two balls in the air here, trying to balance a pro career and what she was doing with the Gophers. Absolutely. So it was was obvious even on the floor what other teams were trying to do, knowing that, you know, their backup point guard, Daniel Robinson, was okay, but wasn't a player that could take 30 minutes a night either. So it was kind of like there wasn't even a role she could really fit into. Mm-hmm. And I think that that made it tougher on everybody because this team lost some key players like Renee Montgomery. So it, it's been it's been a hard season for the Lynx, one that they're really not used to. And I think 
if she hadn't already planned to do this, last night she came off the bench for the first time in like 14 years. Right, because she had sat out the previous two games right. as a healthy scratch, basically, correct? Right. So if right. there was a tipping point, that would have probably been it. Um, but they still have a chance. They're still going to get in the playoffs. And with this team led by her, you never know what they can overcome. The, the thing about her, though, that you brought up, Collar, that I find to be so intriguing is – all three of us cover sports, and all three of us get sold a bill of goods by a lot of people about how competitive I am, right? Like, I'm I'm a player for the Vikings. <laughs> yeah. I'm so competitive. And so often you look at them and you're like, you're really not. I mean, you're different than than we are, but you're really not. There are a few people in life who you, who you cross uh, in a good way who win games and their competitiveness never ends. When you asked Waylon that question a couple weeks back, the stock answer, right? The stock answer would have been the WNBA is really improving and we've got a lot of great young players and I'm so excited by this. And she shot back at you, Matthew, in a <laughs> second of what have they won? But it was great because it wasn't it wasn't some type of ego trip yeah. and it wasn't some type of why are you so caught up in yourself? It was, uh, you know what? I've got the titles. I loved it. And, and how yeah. often do we see that? It's really rare. I was so happy to have that happen. So oh, it could, was great. So I could tell people that that happened to me. Like, yeah, Lindsay did the thing. Like, <laughs> when I asked her a question, um, you know, with someone like her and the difference between, you know, male athletes and female athletes, one of the things that women face with Lindsay is sort of a culture that says, don't be that way. So when yep. someone mm-hmm. like her has accomplished what she has, and you talk about just the legitimacy uh, of her and, and how she has to take it to a completely other level than any male athlete does, I think. And that she is facing more of an uphill battle just by how our society treats young women and women athletes that when you get to this level, it takes so much more mm-hmm. than but, it does. But you she know what I mean? It takes she so much more and it's so much but more what impressive. I love was, she didn't care. No, she didn't like care. she did not care. She was not going to give you the old PR. The WNBA is really improving, ain't it great? She gave you what have they won, and I l- love that. Let's do, do this. Let's come back and talk Vikings. Got to break down preseason game one uh, with the Vikings going into Denver and winning once again. The news of the day: Lindsey Whalen retires, and she will retire after the season. The Star Tribune just broke the story. Press conference at one thirty this afternoon, but she will join us at ten. AM this morning to talk about that decision back after this. Mackie and Judd Collar and Cronin in right now. People, people, I have an important announcement. Mackie and Judd are back after this brief timeout on 1500 ESPN. I've always loved bike riding, soaking in the sights and sounds and breeze in my face. But riding became more difficult in recent years. My brain said, yes, let's go. But my body said no. Physical issues made it too difficult to enjoy riding. But that all changed after discovering Bentelli e-bikes at EcoFun Motorsports in Forest Lake. Bentelli e-bikes are electric. That means choosing the degree of effort that works best for you. Pedal on your own, use motor assist to make pedaling easier, or simply use the thumb control and cruise up to 20 miles an hour with no effort at all. Now, I'm riding again, loving the sights and sounds and breeze in my face. Bentelli e-bikes from EcoFun Motorsports. Lightweight, durable, dependable and priced from just $999. EcoFun also carries a full line of scooters from 49 to 150cc engines, priced from just $1099. Economical, fun transportation. 
EcoFun Motorsports in Forest Lake. Online at EcoFunMotorsports.com. Whether you call it soccer or football, you gotta call it the world's favorite sport. Heineken has always supported soccer. Makes sense. It's a world-class beer for a worldwide sport. Every drop of Heineken served in the U.S. is imported from the Heineken family-owned brewery in Holland. So raise your glass to the world's favorite sport. Heineken. Open your world. Heineken Lager Beer imported by Heineken USA, White Plains, New York. Please enjoy Heineken beer responsibly. This year, enjoy your soccer team's games with an ice-cold Heineken. It's state fair time. That means extra savings on Toro zero-turn walk mowers and snowblowers from Doug's Power Equipment in Blaine. Visit the Toro booth at the state fair. Pick up your Toro discount coupon. Bring your coupon to Doug's Power Equipment before September 15, 2018, and they'll match the Toro coupon value. There's no better time to buy a Toro from Doug's Power Equipment. Built tough to last. With consistent performance and easy maintenance for as long as you own your Toro. Visit Doug's Power Equipment in Blaine today and save on your new zero-turn walk mower or snowblower. Toro, count on it. Jefferson Lines is the number one bus experience for Minnesota sports fans. Whether you're coming into Minneapolis for a game or following the team to Kansas City or Milwaukee, Jefferson Lines has you covered. Amazing rates, convenient schedules, and easy-to-use online tickets. And receive 50% off your tickets when purchased 21 days in advance. Get to the game in extreme comfort with safe professional drivers, free Wi-Fi, and no parking. Let Jefferson Lines be your worry-free way to the game. Check out hot summer deals at jeffersonlines.com. Jefferson Lines, your number one bus experience in Minnesota and throughout the Midwest. If you have warehouse experience and are looking for a new career with a local team-oriented company, Origination in Rosemont is looking to hire warehouse and production technician positions for late shifts. You'll lift, climb, stack, and operate equipment. Active and satisfying. Origination offers a bonus program, on-site paid lunch breaks, and a tiered compensation program so you can earn more. Apply today at O2D.net. That's O, the number two, D.net. Welcome to Minnesota in Jeopardy. Let's get right to it. I'll take political leaders for 100. He's made our state safer by ensuring seniors don't get scammed. Who is Mike Rothman? That's right. As Commerce Commissioner, Mike Rothman's crack down on elder financial abuse. Political leaders for 200. He sued the big insurance companies for hundreds of millions of dollars for withholding payments to deserving families. Who is Mike Rothman? Mike Rothman again. Wow, that Rothman sure has an impressive record. Political leaders for 400. He's endorsed by the Minneapolis Star Tribune for his dedication to consumer protection. Who is Mike Rothman? Oh boy, Mike Rothman sure is qualified. My final question for 1,000. Who would do the best job is our new attorney general uh michelle bachman no it's mike rothman that's right this tuesday keep minnesota out of jeopardy elect mike rothman attorney general paid for by the together minnesota an independent expenditure committee not coordinated with or approved by any candidate nor is any candidate responsible for it phil Mackey, judd zolgad i think there's some intelligence in that commentary Mackey and judd on 1500 espn all those backups billy turner and elijah wilkinson are going to be called upon Heavy pressure on Simeon, trying to set the screen up. Able to get it away nicely. Rock Thomas going to go the whole way. Off the screenplay for 78 yards to the house. Mackie and Judd today uh, is Collar Zolgad. Courtney Cronin, ESPN.com, covers the Vikings, joins us also until 10 o'clock. Uh, all right, Rock Thomas, folks, it's done. Mr. Mankato, Rock Thomas. Matt I is him. so happy right now. He's over there just like with this 
I can't say the word on here, but this is this seething grin. He looks like the Grinch. Uh, An so, S-eating grin? Is that what yes. you're... Yeah, yeah, he does. Because he's happy because he's won a wager between the two of us. <laughs> oh, where, he won something yet. too? Not yet. Not yet, but essentially after that touchdown, after those two touchdowns in Saturday's game... It's Rock Thomas's job to lose right now. Yeah. Uh, so we yeah. have been we've been arguing yes. since the beginning of camp about RB three, the third running back, and who would win that. <laughs> and the type of important training camp discussions that happen when you're so bored we, out of your gourd. But, but here's the thing. So like <laughs> a bunch of people seem to get some buzz about Mike Boone, and where I don't really understand that, and and things could change here in the next few games. But where I don't really understand that is this is a guy over the last two years who averaged about four yards a carry at Cincinnati. Yep. That's like, do you remember Lawson Krause, Judd? Remember Lawson Krause didn't score in junior, but he was like a top draft pick in the NHL? Yeah, the name it was like yeah. It was like, what the hell? He didn't score. How How is a guy who is a forward and didn't score a top draft pick? Oh, he's big and he can skate and all this. Well, Mike Boone is yoked. I mean, he is <laughs> just jacked, and he's got great athleticism. But you saw... He doesn't really run the football all that well. Yep. And Rock Thomas is a former five-star recruit who only left Auburn because of Carryon Johnson, who looks like a great running back and got drafted by the Detroit Lions. He was ahead of him, so he left. And I thought, this is this fits the profile of someone who ends up going, well, that guy was undrafted. He, he became a good running back. That All that being said, I mean, we're still a long way away and whatever, but he not only looked good on those two pass plays, but he was breaking tackles, yards after contact. I mean, he looks like at this moment he's the third running back. Courtney, you take that, Courtney. No, I I can't disagree with him. Um, I picked him for Mr. Mankato, so I'm absolutely so, thrilled just because so I liked his two, name. I had no idea if he was yoked. Dig this in. No, yeah, that's... I had no idea about his physical build. <laughs> I just love the name Rock Thomas. <laughs> R-O-C. That's a great name to have. And there's the so many football name is a gift. There's so many puns, I guess, that you can play off his name, which is probably another reason he should win the job because Agreed. he's a headline maker. Um, you know, they're looking for their next Jarek McKinnon. They're looking yep. for the change of pace back, somebody who can, you know, f- find a scene because they've got a really athletic offensive line when healthy. So there's going to be a heavy screen game and there's this type of role, uh, you know, depending upon how they want to split up carries between Dalvin Cook, Latavius Murray, that number three role has to be something different. It has to give you a different look. And I think that, you know, I'm fine conceding here. I mean, Rock <laughs> Thomas. I'm on the Rock Thomas train now, Long apparently. Long way to go. Long way to yeah, go. Yeah, that, that is true. Like, I think with any position battle here. But it was a nice thing to see that you're watching the whole the whole breadth of his skill set on Saturday mm-hmm. where he catches the pass. Had a pass uh, block too. He had a pass block. Oh, he, he had a great game. He, yeah. he didn't miss in he didn't miss in pass protection. Unlike, Mike, Mike, Mike Boone did. Boone, right. And I mean because yeah, I don't know. We were still kind of discussing that on Saturday night, you know, with the pressure from the interior and what his read should have been and then he kind of realized, oh crap, I mean he ran try to get the defensive end. Um anyways, I mean I th- I agree. I think it's far from decided, but He's, he he had a nice showing on Saturday. I'm curious to see where Mac Brown fits in this because another great football name, by the way. One Kirk, uh, yeah, I mean, Kirk Cousins BFF. Apparently, he's got like it's like he's the got three all his Stooges. Here. He's got Compton, Tom right? Compton. He's got Mac Brown. It's all three of them together. You could say that Kirk has friends in all the wrong places. They're the backup left guard and the third running back. Like, They're are just you buddies. friends with any stars? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you got um, any wide receivers that you're really, really good <laughs> right. friends with who you'd like uh, to convince to come maybe, here? Maybe a better left guard. And speaking of which, <laughs> um, I wrote the headline at the center of our website. Courtney is that there's still much to be decided 
when it comes to this offensive line. That yes. we had more questions than answers coming out of preseason game one. Do you agree? 100%. I think that there's still on the interior figuring out what that left guard spot's going to look like. I wouldn't be surprised if they decide they want to move Danny Isadora over there at some point, you know, maybe this week. Where's Mike Remmers going to go? Is he, you know, is he, are they going to continue to hold him out? Is he nursing this ankle injury? Are they going to want him over at left guard? Because that's an option no one's really bringing up right now. How was Rashad Hill on Saturday night? Not, eh, not, not great. Not I mean, there was a lot of ups and, ups and downs with the offensive line. I don't think – you know, confidence index-wise, the fact that you're right tackle uh, and your left guard, you're two really you're two veteran guys there. Um, those were the big problems. That's a problem for me when I'm looking at that. And we knew that the right tackle spot was far from decided. Yeah, Rashad Hill looked like he would have looked like he's going to be the guy who's going to win this. But Brian O'Neill, I think, has looked pretty darn good in the first two weeks. All things considered, that you're starting to see. The technique, it's its starting to come together. And Ooh. I wouldn't be surprised if he starts pushing for some more of those first-team reps. So, Neil, according to Pro Football Focus, did not allow a quarterback pressure in that game. And, of course, he's not playing against Vaughn Miller. Right. So that's the tough thing to balance here is that Jalen Holmes, I saw, was credited for something like five pressures. But against who? I mean, he's yeah, in, at the very end of the game and doesn't look like a guy to me that's anywhere close to ready to play. But, of course, if you're going in in the fourth quarter against Chad Kelly, you might be able to pull off some pressures in their third-string offensive line. So that's the hard thing that to balance with Brian O'Neill because there have been plenty of times in training camp where I've seen him get dominated by Brian Robinson or by Daniel Hunter, and you go, okay, kid, I don't know if you're there yet. And he doesn't have the weight yet. He doesn't have the strength yet. But the upside on Brian O'Neill as a really great athlete and someone who could get out of the second level might be worth losing some of that uh, those times where he just gets run over by somebody. But you also don't want him getting run over by someone when you paid $84 million for your quarterback, <laughs> and he isn't particularly great at feeling the pressure. I will say the one thing that stood out to me about Rashad Hill is he did look better as a run blocker, all things considered. Yeah, I, I mean, Latavius Murray had some big yeah, runs. And in they game. ran yep. to the right side of the line, yep. which is where he had, I mean, Rashad yeah, had a nice lot runs. of issues, and those were 20-plus yard runs, Yeah, back-to-back. Back. Yep. So, I mean, I think Rashad had a lot of issues with that at the end of the season last year, but... But your investment you know, is in the quarterback, yes. and if you can't keep him upright, you're in huge trouble. Well, I mean, that could have been decided in April, but, I yep. mean, that's a yep. moot point. So the fact that uh, the Star Tribune reported that the Vikings called Joe Berger... I mean, that says something to me. That Absolutely. says we are not confident. And Who told you last week? I told you last week they're, they're going to call him. They're going try, to call Joe. They're going to call Joe and say, to. please come back. And Joe probably weighs a buck 25 now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Hey, I'm on the beach I, in my, uh, you know, in my shorts. He's not, he's not going to come back. So he, he told them that he's staying retired. Yes. Uh, but that tells you that they're looking around still and there's a couple free agents out there. I would not be surprised. Or even if they waited until the final cuts, you know, I mean, the Vikings cut John Sullivan at one point. Mm -hmm. He was a final cut. He just didn't fit in. And maybe that's someone that they look for. Not Sullivan specifically, but that type of player. I think they make a trade. When? Uh, in the next couple of weeks. I, I think they figure out, I think they scout enough teams and f figure out who has either lost a job or who they deem to be a capable backup, and I think they go get a guard. I think that there's a good chance that you'll be able to find someone during roster cutdown. Like, what did they do last year when they were like, oh, 
nuts. The uh, yep. <laughs> the the nickel corner position is far from decided. Let's go get Tremaine Brock. But well, that didn't really work well. But that was the Friday right. after the pre- fourth preseason game. But if you're a halfway, but if you are a decent guard now, I, I believe if you, I think the the way that the wire is going to work on roster cuts are is your 2017 record. So the Vikings are going to be way down that list, and teams are going to know that. So I think you might not be able to like if if you had been a decent club but not great. I think your ability to pick a player would be fairly simple, but now you're at the end of that list, and so I think teams are probably going to claim guys based on that. Yeah, so, so I could it could see be that. it could be a team puts it out there at the very end, like okay, we're going to cut this guy. Anybody yes. want to give us a sixth? Yep. So then that's where you. And get. I'd say so absolutely. it's kind of a glorified getting cut, but same time. Yeah, I mean, but I still think that they're going to want to try. If you, they should probably sign somebody now. I still think they're going to want to try to figure out what this interior combination is going to be among the guys that they have. But with Aviante, excuse me, Avian Collins, Matt and I are so confused about the name pronunciation there. I just but, call him Collins. Um, I think that that's a bit, that's a major talking Zimmer, point. Zimmer said AC. AC. Okay, We're gonna, there let's, you go. let's just call him AC from now on. But I mean. There is there is the option there that he might be that guy. I mean, he, play, he played the most out of any offensive lineman. They got a nice look at him on Saturday, and he's incredibly athletic, and he's fast, too, for his size. They call him AC because when they put him in, the offense goes cold. We're going to take a break and come home. back with more Vikings talk after this on that note. Thanks, Matthew. The Mackie and Judd Show will continue in a moment. So long, losers. On 1500. Cousins throwing for it. Touchdown. Who else? Stephon Diggs. And the Vikings draw first blood. That, of course, is the uh, the Vikings touchdown Cousins to Diggs after the big pass play between those two. Uh, don't, don't forget, Waylon's going to join us at 10 o'clock to talk about her decision. Strib broke the story uh, this morning that she is going to retire. The show is Mackie and Judd. I will explain again. Uh, Phil is not on the show today. That There were obviously changes made on on Friday. Phil has gone nowhere. He is still here. and In fact, we'll join for hour one on uh, Tuesday. I am joined for this hour by Matthew Collar, who will be in for the entire show. And Courtney Cronin of ESPN.com. So if you're confused at all, I hope that clears it up. It's the Purple Podcast Live. That's what you should have branded this hour as. No? We might be going in that direction. I don't know. That's all I'm going to say. Anyway, what other questions do you have for us, I don't really Jen, have about the football game? I don't really have questions. <laughs> I don't really have questions because this is a roundtable in which I want to in- inject my own opinions and witty responses. But I do, I do want to talk about the first team uh, because I'm the one who sat here for three days last week and said I don't think that they should play Cousins. The offensive line interior, at least, is is going to have all backups. Let me come back and say that was an impressive showing. Kirk Cousins looked great, and and I hope fans in this town appreciate the fact because we sat here post Moss through a lot of crappy receivers, guys who couldn't catch a cold. I hope people appreciate a guy like Diggs, who, mm-hmm. who in a preseason game basically catches everything. Like it, he makes it look so simple. I think you're like, of course it's Diggs. He caught the ball. But, you know, remember Williamson and Michael Jenkins, and I can go down an entire list. Aroma should do. I can go down an entire list of guys that couldn't catch the ball. I hope we appreciate the fact that this guy in preseason game one has passes thrown his way, and they're not easy plays, and he catches everything. Yeah, I mean, look at that one he extended his arms out on. I mean, Cousins literally threw him open on that, the one that was right down to the goal line. It's it's impressive. I mean, to, to go back to your point on, like, you know, 
the negativity that you were spreading last week about you didn't want Cousins to play and all this stuff. Um, Smart decision, I think, to let him play to get one series out. Smart decision to not put Dalvin Cook out there behind this offensive line right now. They still have a lot of questions before they figure that out. To the point of Stephon Diggs, he takes this thing really seriously. And he's taken it seriously since, I mean, always, but particularly Every conversation you have with him after Cousins signs is how how this is just a different team now and how his chemistry with Cousins is what could potentially put this team over the hump and take them to a Super Bowl. And I think it's the beginning of what you're going to see. I mean, he is the deep threat. That is that is his skill set that's different than Adam Thielen's that is a really big part of Kirk Cousins' game on passes thrown 20 yards or more downfield. You're starting to see a little bit of a spark of that, and I think it's going to be cool during the preseason. I know third games where most of the starters play, uh, at least for most of the first half. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing that. I think they should bench him the rest of the way. Kirk Cousins, like, okay, you saw him in a uniform, good to go. What are you All turning said, into me? Everybody's good. That's my it's fine. No, I mean, just in general, I think that starters don't have to play in the preseason. And I just can't help but go back to Sam Bradford, who did not play for the Minnesota Vikings until August 30th or September 1st, 2nd, 3rd. And then in week two, went through for 300 yards and a couple of touchdowns and beat Aaron Rodgers. It's like, okay, Sam Bradford, professional quarterback, had no problem jumping right into the fire like that. Good thing we saw Cousins, but with this offensive line, I really don't want him to play a whole half in the third preseason game. But don't you think that there's an importance to getting the cadence down and getting the chemistry down with the offensive line? I mean, you don't want to get out, see him out there getting sacked like, what, 42 times last season? You don't want that number to start in the preseason and continue on. I, but- I, don't, I just don't think that for a guy who's played three straight years and this number of games and they've been practicing for this long against the number one defense – that it makes a whole lot of difference what happens. And if it does, that'll be kind of resolved in the first half of the first game. So it's like, I would rather see him not get hurt and have to lean on Trevor Simeon. Good for Kyle Sloter for scoring two touchdowns. He looked good. But I, like I do not want him to have to play in real season yeah. games. I want Kirk Cousins to play. And with unresolved issues on the offensive line, now they're going to do it. I mean, they're going to play him for the first half because that's the way you do it in the football. But just like <laughs> if you were asking me, if Zimmer said, I'll do whatever you say, Matt, which is I think what he does. When he reads the website, and then he does what I oh, say. Oh, no, no. Yeah. He thinks you're a blithering moron. Yeah. Yeah, probably. So, uh, but if he said, I'll do whatever you say, I'd be like, just sit him the rest of the way. He got his touchdown. Everyone's happy. Like, just maybe. And he was perfect. You know. Yeah, and right. Literally, exactly. there's he nothing you great. can knock about. I it's only say down that, from though. here. I just said game one. I think he's got to play in I do game too. three. Now, but but what concerns me is, are you going to start to get guys back? If Elfline comes back, I'm fine. Like, if, if he comes back, if they have a semblance of that line back together, I was just concerned about the interior of the line and your your third-string center playing in front of him. And they ended up being okay. Yeah, no, they were fine. And I think Cornelius Edison, this past week, when he was thrown into the fire that last Saturday of the of the night scrimmage, he hasn't messed up a snap since. He only got, I think, got slapped for the for the uh, holding call on, mm-hmm. on Saturday, and he's looked really good. I do think that Pat Elfline, we need to see some sort of action between, that's not just training camp, between Pat mm-hmm. Elfline and Kirk Cousins because Great. regardless of how good Pat Elfline is, that cadence takes time and the snap count takes time. And you don't want to be working that out against this 49ers defensive line. But the thing that you started this with, with um, Diggs. Diggs and Cousins, just going back to that, and aside from how poor the offensive line looked and how many questions still remain there, and I totally agree with you, like, 
Elfline, it's got to happen, like soon, where he gets back in the lineup because he was supposed to be back by the start of training camp, and we're a couple weeks in now. We're starting to get closer. But what we've seen in practice is Diggs and Cousins specifically have really been on the same page. I mean, yep. in in terms of hitting long balls and things like that, so much to the point that Dig got in a fight with Xavier Rhodes <laughs> over it. But that only happened because they hit on a fifty on yard a home run yeah, ball. It's a fifty. Right? And and those, those two down the field seem to have a really great chemistry. And I think probably quietly, as much as they loved Case Keenum as a human being, and as much as they may end up getting annoyed at times with Kirk Cousins because he's different, uh, I think privately they will be saying through this training camp. Can you believe how much better this guy throws the ball than Kirk Cousins or than uh, Case Keenum? That this reminds us of Sam, how the guy throws the ball. There are a lot of people out there in my Twitter mentions at the moment. We brought up the name Kyle Sloter that are, that think he should potentially be the number two quarterback. No, I, I just he, nope. he will be soon. Not a, on he, this, not this team? year. Not this year. On but this I think team? I think he could be by by next year. Hey, they're developing. I give them credit. They Talk are about de- trade leverage. They they are developing a QB, which yes. this team has not done. They are doing this right now. Go out and sign a big time starter. You got a backup who, if he has to play, I don't think is going to be a train wreck. He's not great, but he's played before, and you're developing a QB. If you were this, this is the blueprint for what teams should do. Mm-hmm. I think. So Slaughter, I think, uh, very well could be the backup in 19, but allow him to progress. That's fine. Courtney, thanks much. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. it. Uh, Take a break. Come back. Waylon joins us next to talk about the news of the day, which is that Lindsay has decided to retire. She will give us a firsthand account of how this came about next. This view was worth a hike. Right? And it's a good way to stay on top of my health. Yes. I'm Colaguard, a prescription colon cancer screening option for people 45 plus at average risk. Have you screened for colon cancer? Not yet. Don't wait. It's more treatable when caught in early stages. Tell me more. Colaguard is non-invasive and it's used at home. It detects altered DNA in your stool to find 92% of colon cancers. 92%? Yep, even those in early stages. This was seen in a clinical study with patients 50 and older. Any positive results should be followed by a diagnostic colonoscopy. False positive and negative results may occur. Colaguard is not a replacement for colonoscopy in high-risk patients. Do not use if you have had adenomas, have inflammatory bowel disease and certain hereditary syndromes, or a personal or family history of colon cancer. Most insured patients pay $0. Ask your provider or an online prescriber if Cologuard is right for you, or visit Cologuard.com. I'm in. 